0: A-N-D Three letters. Now, on its own, it's not a terrible word. On its own, it, 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 it's not something that's destructive on its own. It, it's not something that's insidious. And, A-N-D I, In fact, it, it can be a good word, you know? And we use it all the time. In fact, I, I went ahead and did this last night. I googled the word And. That's probably not what you put in your search engine, A and D, and then hit and then you hit enter. Here's what happens if you do. And is the fourth most commonly used word in all of the English language. If you type in and into Google and hit enter, now it may have changed this morning, but last night, it came up with 27 billion two hundred and seventy million results. I did not click on each of them. Still be awake. It is a word that we use countless times a day. Uh, and, and we use it, like I just did, all the time. You know, I, I this morning, I greeted Alan and Savannah. Alright? Uh, later, I think I probably need to go to HEV and Walmart. I, I, I think, you know, we, we use it all the time. And, on its own and by itself, it's not a bad thing. But, you see, it's, it's the point. It's what it means that, that can affect us, See, and is a conjunction. It, it's a connector, if you will, and, and while at times it can be helpful, this morning I'm praying that you could also see that it, it could prove deadly. I turn to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 25. And I want to read this text to you, and I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to explain it, because we're going to read this text, especially the last part of the text, and you're going to say, Pastor, I'm missing the word. Something's wrong with my translation, but I'll explain it and unlock it for you. Starting in verse 25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Man, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. Now, these two verses are really key. For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As well. Now, if, if you're astute, an astute Bible reader, you read the second portion of that passage, and you said, Pastor, I didn't see the dangerous word you talked about. I don't see and there. The word there is or, isn't it? It says, so don't worry about food, or or what you will drink, or what you will eat, or what you will wear. You say, wait a second, the word there is or, that's not and. Let me show you the key to unlock that passage. It's in verse 32. It says, For the pagans run after, and you underline this, all these things. You see, the pagans weren't running after food or drink. They weren't running after drink or clothes. They weren't running after a job or family. They weren't running after a new house or a new car. They weren't running over a a high status symbol or something else. The Scripture says the pagans run after what? All of these things. And what that means is that they were running after. They were running after food and drink and drink and clothes and clothes and pleasure and pleasure and power and power and money and money and and, 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 that, that was their life. Their life was a life of ends, the Scripture says. It's a life of ends. It's a big deal. That's a big deal. They were obsessed with what they would eat and what they would wear and what they would drink. And I don't want to give it all away, but I I just simply say this to you. If you study that closely, if you go back and reread it like ten times and you just sit and think on it, here's what you're going to notice. You're going to notice in the midst of all of their ands, there is no mention of God. And I would submit to you that maybe it's because they were just too busy. Three things for you this morning. We'll be done. We'll move through them quickly. We're gonna start here. We're gonna camp out here. I'm not gonna give you the first one yet. I just want you to notice who's missing. See, it's it's always it's always this way. Let me give you another story before we jump in. Matthew 19. Matthew 19, one of the saddest stories. In fact, I think this might be the saddest story ever told. Are you ready? Matthew 19, starting in verse 16. It's the story of the rich young ruler. Is what we have labeled it. And there is a rich young man that comes to Jesus, and he is asking Jesus. It says, Now a man came to Jesus, and he asked him, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And he says, Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, Get this, there is only one who is good. Jesus is saying, Why are you asking what is good? You need to be asking who is good. That's me. That's me. That's at the heart of it. But that's not this you gotta see this. This man wasn't looking for an exchange. He wasn't looking to say, okay, Jesus, here's my life. I'll take your life. i oh, follow you. This guy was looking for, for some kind of fix to a problem. He was looking for a band-aid spiritually. See, he, he wanted to come to Jesus and say, What must I add to my life? so that I can be saved. That's, that's really the heart of his question. So this is what Jesus says in response to him. He says, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, then... He's saying, if you want to enter life without me, then obey all the commandments. Do it by your own righteousness. And, and, and the guy says, he, he, he says, well, which ones? And Jesus replied, well, don't murder commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. And evidently the young man couldn't get over his coveting nature. I want you to see this morning, as you study the Bible, and, and, and here's the deal this is this is a principle that is found all throughout the New Testament. All throughout the New Testament. It is it is always Jesus old. It's never Jesus hand. it's always on our part, our choice is always Jesus or... We don't get the choice of Jesus and. That's that's not our choice. Jesus said it this way. He said, if anyone would come after me, he's going to have to deny himself. That's a key word. It means he's going to have to lay down himself and he's going to have to take up his cross and follow me. That's a huge deal. And so so here's three quick principles this morning, although in the early service they weren't very quick. So let's do our best. Three things this morning. Number one. This morning, first and foremost, I want you to understand that you cannot add Jesus to your life. You cannot add Jesus to your life. You just can't do it. That's what the rich young ruler wanted to do. He came to Jesus and said, Okay, listen, what must I do in addition to what I'm already doing so that I can be saved? And Jesus said, Listen, brother, you need the one who can save you. You need the one who can save you. It's not about adding to what you're already doing. You need me. And the guy says, but I don't want you. And so Jesus said, fine, then be perfect according to the law, which none of us can do. And the guy said, well, what, which commandments? And so Jesus lists a few, and he says, well, I'm good in all those areas. And he says, "Find and go sell all your riches and give them to the poor. The guy could, and he walked away. Never saved. far as we know it's a sad story it's a sad story jesus said it this way he says no one pours new wine into old wine skins you know that you can't you can't add jesus to your old life you just can't do it you know why? new wine expands brother that's what it does so does new life it expands it'll tear you apart Man, you put new wine in an old wineskin, that thing will burst and it will be a mess. You will be cleaning up for a while, clean up on aisle five. I mean, it's going to be ugly. Jesus said, listen, your old life can't contain my goodness. Your old life can't contain my truth. Your old life can't contain my love and my joy and my peace and my patience and my gentleness and my goodness and my self-control. Your old life can't contain me. You need a new life. You've got to be born again. See, that's what it's about. You can't add Jesus to your own and, life. And hear me, you feel like I'm driving it. I'm, and I'm going to keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. I'm going to keep hitting it because that's what we try to do. We are guilty of this. Man, we are guilty. You turn on the TV this morning. I guarantee you somebody is preaching. Listen, you've got a good life now. All you got to do is add Jesus. That's all you need. You just add a little Jesus and the blessings will flow. You believe, you will receive. And I mean, it's on TV everywhere we go. It is a gospel that is preached in so many prophets, but it is not right. It's not right. You cannot add Jesus to your life. You just can't do it. Hear me this morning. Maybe you're here and you are a planner of all planners. You may be here and you may have the gift of administration to the 10th degree. You may be the best planner. and It can't be done. You can't balance your purpose and His purpose. You can't balance the pursuit of you and the pursuit of Him. You can't balance those things physically, emotionally, spiritually. It cannot be done. You can't add Jesus to you. You just can't do it. Just ask Martha. By the way, Talked with somebody after the first service and said, Oh man, that hit home. I said, You know what? It doesn't just hit home for somebody that's sitting in the pews, it hit home for the pastor that's in the pulpit. You know what? because We can be so guilty of serving God, of serving God and still missing. You just ask Martha. You ask Martha be a hard worker, you can be a great planner, you can be a multitasker, but you ask Martha, you cannot run the kitchen and receive the lesson you can't do. It. Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, 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 Martha. Mary has chosen Martha. You're worried about all this stuff, but Mary has chosen whatever she's chosen me. Maybe you're here this morning, you need that gentle reminder. Maybe it's not so gentle add Jesus to your life. You just can't do it. Number two. Number two. But you see this warning that biblically, it is always Jesus or. On our part, biblically, it is always Jesus or. You don't believe me? Go out. Let's read this, Let's read this passage in context. I know it's a crazy concept. Go up to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. When you read it in Context, you're going to discover even more truth here. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Get down to verse 24. Now get this. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or He will be devoted to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And it's in that context that Jesus launches into this portion of our Scripture, and He says, you can't keep running after all these things, and have me. You've got to choose. You have got to choose. It's or. It's not a." That's not popular today. But it is biblical. If you look at the rich young ruler, you see it there. Look at the calling of Matthew. Do you remember how Jesus called Matthew? Matthew was what? Anybody? He's a tax collector. You know what that means? He was well off. He wasn't well liked, but he was well off. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that trade being well liked to be well off. That's where he, he was. That's who, That's who he was. He lived by the rule of our world. You know? Do whatever it takes to be number one. It's all about being number one. Try not to step in number two. That's how kind of how we go, right? And, and, and that was Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. And so, if you don't know how tax collecting worked in the days, you were appointed by Rome, and you were going to be a tax collector, and they told you how much tax you had to collect for Rome. Now, here's, here's the deal about being a tax collector. You... Got to charge whatever you wanted, as long as you brought in what they needed, and you could keep all the extra. So if you were ruthless, and Rome said I want fifteen percent, you could charge twenty five, and be sitting on a fat ten percent extra taxes from everybody. That's why they thought they were robbers and thieves, because they were. And you see Jesus walks up to that kind of guy. He walks up to that kind of guy, that kind of guy that is fully functioning in the world and he says to them, listen, you can have your wealth or you can have me. Follow me. Follow me. At that moment, Matthew had to make a choice and and, and Scripture tells us that he left it all behind and followed Jesus. You you, you go through, you, you think about Peter. Peter was a fisherman, right? And Jesus comes to him and says, hey, Follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Follow me, leave your nets behind. I've got new nets for you. Any any file biblically, that is always the choice. It's always Jesus or Jesus said, "Listen, don't suppose that I've come to bring peace, but I've come to bring a sword." Now, you could insert a lot of things there for peace. Don't suppose I came to bring peaches and cream. I didn't come to make it easy. He's saying, he said, Listen, I didn't come to make it easy. I didn't come to make it easy. In fact, I came to open your eyes to the truth of the matter, and it's going to make it difficult. I'm going to make you choose. The kingdom of God is going to force you to choose. And he says, Listen, it's like a sword, it may even divide you from your family. But you've got to choose me. If you want to turn with, you've got to choose the one who provides it. And if you choose me, you may offend others. That's what you've got to do. Nowhere does Jesus promise that you can have Him. Right? Then you have me, but you don't have to change anything about you. It's not in me. It's always, 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 or. That means a choice has to be made. Jesus says to us, choose the world or choose me. He says to us, choose success or choose me. He says to us, choose wealth or choose me. He says to us, choose your appearance or, Choose me. Choose yourself. Choose me. It's always or on our. Part. Now, that brings me to number three. Now here's the great news, And This is this is good stuff right here, number three. I want you to see this morning. Only Jesus can provide the end. Only Jesus can provide the end. Now listen, I will not lie to you about my age. I'm 36 years old. Sometimes I feel 56, but I'm 36 years old. All right, that means I grew up in the 80s, right? Uh, Somewhere around that time, yeah, baby, the 80s, all kinds of bad stuff there, early 90s, vanilla ice, man, you name it. Let's go. Yeah, you know, there are things that you put in your mind you can never get out, you know, and vanilla ice, 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 baby, is one of those things that, Lord, would you please one day deliver me from that? You know, you know what I'm I don't love dementia except for that song. Would you please confuse that song in my mind? I can never get that out. Well, one of the things growing up, man, in the 80s, late 80s, um, they came out with these books, and I loved them. And there was a time in my life I loved to read. Now I have to make myself read, and I do. But um, I, I used to love it. And I had these books called Choose Your Own Adventure. Do you all, anybody remember those? Uh, okay, one, two, three, four, five, seven. Wow, wow, terrible. And choose your own adventure books, folks. They are amazing. All right, and, and here's kind of how it would work. You would open the book and you would read it, and it'd be some kind of story, like like okay, and 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 the young the young guy climbed the hill, and when he got to the top of the hill, there was a cave that was dark and mysterious. If you want to enter the cave, turn to page eight. If you want to go around the cave, turn to page twelve, and you can. That's kind of how it was, and and then and then you you know turn to whatever page then you get to another point and you've got to make a choice. Do you want to go into the house? Do you want to go around the house? And you just read this whole book and you could, it means literally that you could read the same book five times and walk away with something different every time, which was cool because we didn't have a lot of money. So, uh, you know, whatever. Cheap books for parents. Listen, if if you're strapped, okay, go for a choose your own event. Read it again. Something different will happen. And, uh, so, um, So I I, I did that all the time, I love that. Now, Now, follow me how this ties in, if it does at all. I'm trying here, Savannah Hubbard. The Bible would seem to say to us in this specific text, and other places, that we in fact have a choice as well shared with you last week. You know, Joshua, choose this day whom you will serve. This passage would seem to say to us that we also have a choice. We can choose, we can choose to sit on the throne of our lives and to try to be in charge of providing ourselves and our families with everything that we think that they need. We can make that choice. Now, if we make that choice, I, I want to tell you how the story ends. If you, if you make that choice, you're denying Christ his rightful place. Because he is Lord, you are not. So you're, you're, you're basically saying to him, hey, Jesus, yeah, God in the flesh, who has always been, who came to earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, rose again, conquered death, ascended into heaven, where you're now apple preparing a place for me, yeah, you, hop off the throne. I don't want to sit there. Now, if that doesn't strike you well, I'm sorry, but that's what we do when we put ourselves in control. That's what we're saying to Jesus. Your work wasn't enough. I think I can do better. And we all do it. We're all guilty of it. My toes hurt as bad as yours. So so when we do that, when we pursue all the stuff of the world, when, when we're running around constantly trying to do stuff, right? We deny Christ as Lord. That's what we're doing. In effect, we 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 never find contentment. Did you notice that the pagans never stop running? Right, I don't know about you. I, I do jog occasionally. It's a little cold right now. And in the summer, it's a little hot. So there's like a little springtime that I jog, Ed Whaley. There's just a little, it's like a window. ah, oh, is it 60? Awesome, let's go. 85? It's smoking outside. Too hot to jog now. Here's the deal with jogging. Here's the deal with running. I'm not like some. Some people, I I ran a half marathon. for a second because some of you are here this morning and the truth if you were standing before God Himself you would admit that you're tired right now. That you are weary from this life. That you are discontent with this life. That you feel like there's got to be more to this life. And if that's you then that should be a sign to you. That should be a sign to you that maybe right now you're making the wrong choice. Because that's what the pagans do. The pagans are the ones that are constantly running after the things of the world and never being satisfied by the things of the world and never having time for their Creator God. That's what the pagans do. So, so I'm telling you, if, if you choose to be in charge, that's what happens. You're going to deny the Savior. You'll never find contentment. You'll be disillusioned and deeply disappointed. But, here's the best news I can do. But... If, if you instead choose Christ, if you choose to put God first, something amazing is going to happen. But right? Here's what it says. It says, but, right, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. And I feel like standing on the pew. Of those things will be alive unto you as well. That you've got to see the truth that's in those little, tiny, and all these things. So so just those three words, and all these things. He's saying, listen, if you seek out God, first you get God. That's the, that's the greatest blessing. just a supernatural, freaky thing that I can't explain. You don't believe me? Try tithing if you're not a tither. I'll tell you what, if if you sit down and you say, listen, I'm going to seek God first, even with my finances. And maybe you're here today and you're on that strap budget and you live paycheck to paycheck. You say, there's no room for me to give away 10% of my income. That's stupid and crazy. Don't repeat that word. Because that's what we're thinking. We're thinking, that's, that, that is just ridiculous. And, and you're going, there's no way. But, but you study the Scriptures, and time and time again, God says, I want to be first. Give me the first fruits. Put me in. in so, so you say, okay, God, I'm going to put you first. And the next paycheck, you guys sit down, and you have your budget, and your bills are more than you bring in. Yet you sit down, and you go, okay, God, here, I'm going to tithe. You are first in my life. Here's a symbol of that take this and go, and then all of a sudden this crazy thing happens, and I cannot explain it. It's like your finances just kind of reconfigure themselves. And somehow the end of the month comes and you paid everything off and there's still money in the bank. You're kind of looking at each other going, what the heck happened? And like I said, I don't know if it's God that He changes your heart and changes your desires. I think that's some of it. You know, maybe you're sitting around and you go, you want to go out to eat? Well, we have stuff in the fridge. Okay, well let's cook. Maybe, maybe you cook, you know, more times. Than you go. I, I, I don't know how. To, I just know that it happens time and time and time again. It happens. It is the promise of God. If you will seek Him first, He will give you Himself and all of the other stuff. And, and I'm almost done, I promise. You say, Pastor, what on earth does that have to do with, with me and with the new year and with all that? Let me explain. I had someone this week asked me, they said, um, Brother Jason, are we going um, like, to do a, do a highlight thing, you know, that's what we're doing with music, by the way, if you came and go, wow, this is a contemporary church, Uh, not really, we're just, these are all new songs we learned last year, and so we're doing them this week and next week, and and just celebration of all the newness of life that God has brought in us, Um, I I had some people go, well, are you going to do that, you know, are you going to do a recap, well, two reasons, number one, we already recapped the book of Acts, we were in it 14 months, okay, it was the whole year, all right, number one. Uh, Number two, they say, say, well, what about, you know, we did that 12 for 12 thing at the end of last year. 12 goals for oh twelve, 12 And and This kind of what I said. I I said, I hope some people accomplish those. But here's my fear. In my flesh, I take something like that and I try to add it to my life. In my flesh, I take something like that and I just try to add it to what I'm already doing. And and I feel like I'm already busy and I feel like I'm already overbooked. And then I just end up feeling like a failure because I am. I, I, can you admit that before Christ? I'm a miserable failure. This Christianity thing is not difficult, friends. It is impossible. And I am a failure before Jesus, but through the blood of Jesus and by the grace of God, He, is, he, is, he, he transforms this miserable failure into a saint. And, and, and it is just by His grace that I daily live and breathe. And, and And hear me, I could give you 12 or 13 things to try to add to your life, but the gospel de- demands that we stop trying to add things on and instead that we stop it all and pursue one thing. And that's Him. And so in 2013, let me challenge you with one thing put God first. Period. End of sentence. And, and hear me, organizers. Where are my planners? Come on, raise your hand. You are a planner. Admit it. Planner. Planners, you should admit it skills. I want to I see them all together. We're, we have committees around here. We need some of you people. Alright, there and there and there. Okay, sweet. All right. Now listen, here's the thing. You're going to struggle more, planner, because here's the deal. You're going to say, okay, God, I'm going to put you first, and now I'm going to, this is how I'm going to do it. I will wake up early, and I will read my coffee and my Bible, and then I will outline a chapter, and then I will do, No! of surrender God I'm going to put you first and instead of trying to reorganize and rebuild all of my stuff instead of me trying to add things back in I'm going to let you do. I'm going to be guided by your spirit I'm going to do what you tell me to do it's a totally Know what the Bible promises we find there? Contentment? Rest. Peace. Joy. Happiness. Will there be struggle? Oh, you betcha. You betcha. Following Christ? Whew. Brother, sister, that's not easy. And nowhere in the Bible to say it's easy. That's what we're talking about. Jesus says, listen, I don't even have a place to rest my head, okay? I don't make any promises. But I, I, I do tell you this, it'll be better. It'll be better. You'll be content. So if you're here this morning, and you've been struggling with that, you're here this morning, you're tired, you're weary, I pray that you would take this in love because I am part of your crew. The last few weeks, I've just been overwhelmed. I've, it, it's something about going into January. I said it to, we were with Alan Savannah the other day, and I literally said, I've been doing it for 50 something weeks. <laughs> And, and we're about to start a new... And, and there's sometimes it just gets on you like that. You know what that's a sign of? It means the last couple weeks I hadn't been putting him first. I've been trying to think about how to fit it all together. I don't know about you. That's not who I want. That's not who I want. So this morning, you have a choice. You can be in charge you can leave this place and you can run after everything and try to fulfill every need and every desire and every want and you'll be empty, you'll be fed up, you'll be miserable or you can leave this place determined to seek Jesus first to follow him first and to let him fill out all the rest, let him add unto you I tell you there's one way that's a lot better than that. One way that's a lot better than another. I hope you find this. Would you pray with me?